Hey, sabaho, sabaho, everybody. And apparently I turned, forgot to turn on the light uh, or the display in the back. Uh, either way, sabaho, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Uh, welcome back to the show. It is Saturday, episode 85 of the Saturday Morning Wit Tech. And uh, it is August 28th, the last Saturday of August. Uh, we are coming down to somewhat of the end of the year. And of course, uh, today is, well, actually, it's the day after we did the best of our week since uh, Juan Carlos and I uh, yesterday got a chance to meet up at the uh, Balboa Park or Balboa Lake, uh, not too long, not too far from where we both live, kind of. Um, in the chat, I see our, uh, Marilyn, Greg, uh, Greg is in there. Uh, Finn, as well as Donald, is already in there. And then um, I think, <laughs> hi, uh, act, uh, uh, hopefully I'm saying this, is the Ash, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, Sammy, 20 miles. <laughs> hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, Old Bass Gold, Salam, Kivak Habibi, Ahlan, Wahlan. We have a buddy here, a friend of ours uh, <laughs> in, in the chat as well, as everybody else is, of course. Uh, Josh Tech is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Um, it's been a couple of days. It's been about a couple of days, literally. Uh, I got the fold on Wednesday and I got the flip on Thursday. Uh, and then, of course, yesterday we had a chance to talk with Juan and we kind of chance uh, kind of recapping. Uh, everything is buzzing. I have I did not turn off notifications uh, in the right way on all my devices. Uh, Shaheen is in there as well. Uh, and of course, uh, everybody's hanging out with us. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the fold and the flip. Um, and basically, you know, they're, they're the two phones that came out at the same time. And Juan's yesterday comment was made, made a lot of sense to me and it kind of hit in a specific way. Um, he made a statement saying that Samsung wasn't ever trying to put up the fold or sorry, the flip as a powerhouse. It was intended to be more of a fashion statement or a device that looks great, um, functions to a certain point, obviously in the regular way. Uh, but essentially it's, it's a, it's an, inex well, not inexpensive, it's a thousand bucks. Um, it's a more, more, more cost-effective version of a, uh, of a foldable smartphone that they've made. It's under a thousand dollars by barely a dollar. So it's literally a thousand bucks, but with any trade in, you're able to get it somewhere close to about five, maybe 400 bucks. And you're still going to be able to get a lot of the benefits of what Samsung offers. But there are some compromises. There are some heavy compromises put in on the Z Flip that you need to know uh, because a lot of people may be considering saying, hey, Samsung announced a Fold 3 and a Flip 3. And between the two, I'm really wanting to go more with the Flip. But you need to realize what your what your, what your decision is, uh, is causing and what are you compromising. And if there are things that you're expecting, uh, if you're coming from other Samsung phones, uh, let's say the S21, the S20, any of the S series or even the Note series, there are some things here missing on the flip that may be a game changer for you. So let's at least address that and we can talk a little bit more about that. Geek and Asim is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Um, Shahin's here. Is that some new technology updates looking good. Thank you very much. Um, and one of the things I think that I found very interesting for me was the updated model on the Z Flip 3. So between the two, the Z Flip 3 and the Z Flip, the Z Flip and the Z Fold, I'm just going to call them the Fold and the Flip, um, both are basically are featuring some updates from last year. And for all intents and purposes, at least at this point, and I'll say this at the beginning of the show, I don't have to make it you know too long. If you're up, if you had a, a Fold 2 or a Flip, um, I would recommend you basically just skipping on the Fold series and it would just basically go for the Flip if you're looking to upgrade from last year's and specifically from the Z Flip 5G or even the original Z Flip. The reason behind that is there's been a lot of changes in the Z Flip that I feel like uh, the optimizations on the Flip 3 are much better and definitely more pronounced, uh, not only because of the price, the technology, uh, the feature set that they're including. Uh, I feel like you get a better deal with it and you can actually bring it down pretty reasonably or quite well. 
Samsung actually is one of the only companies that's allowing you to trade in multiple phones. So if you have a few phones that have been sitting around and let's say you wanted to trade them in, but you don't want to necessarily, you know, throw them in the trash. Obviously you shouldn't, you should always recycle. Um, Samsung allows you to actually bring down the price and you could literally get the fold for a very little if you have a few older phones sitting there that you want to trade in. I'm not trying to entice you towards it, but I feel like this is basically where the where the move has been done. Um, the Fold 3, for the most part, and, and this is almost very hard for, I don't know if a lot of people have commented on it, it is actually a slightly smaller device. It, it feels smaller when you're holding it. And it is a little bit lighter than the uh, first generation or the second generation even. Uh, the design is definitely very unique. It's of, of course not uh, folding to or unfolding into a, an exact replica the way we get it with the Duo. It's pretty much a an odd orientation that they're still working on optimizing apps. At the launch event, they said that the uh, uh, I think Instagram was going to be uh, optimized to work here. Still doesn't. Uh, I think TikTok was also maybe mentioned. I think for the most part, this is still a very unique experience. Um, so uh, <laughs> received my fold. Marilyn is in the in the same in the same boat. So congratulations uh, to Marilyn for getting her uh, her fold. Um, wondering what color did you decide to go with? I went with the straight black on that one. I don't know if there was a. Uh, I mean, there are obviously other colors. I felt like uh, when it came down to color, I would go with the Z Flip Three when I wanted to kind of uh, go in with the color, and that's why I went with the uh, the purple one. And just for reference, I know some may may question why did I go with a purple? Why did I go with the black? Um, Google Black Rosé has a lot of purple essence into them. And of all the other colors that I saw that were released, this one was the one that stood out to me the most as far as basically maybe even um, looking better on camera. Let's just say that for the better. No better way of saying that. Marilyn got the same one. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I think you probably noticed if, if you check out the uh, the, un the unboxing and I'm sure other uh, other creators have talked about. Um, we don't have chargers in the box. That's something that we know. The flip and the fold um, being cheaper than the last generation of foldables uh, were not sold or were not basically are not available with chargers. So here's this is the case. So this is the package for the Z Flip. Very pretty much similar to what we saw before. It is a little bit thinner than last time. The fold, the packaging for the fold was a lot smaller. And that's because they didn't want to include this thing. This is the Samsung charger. This is an actual 25 watt Samsung charger that came with my S20, not my S21, my S20, because we no longer get chargers from Samsung. And then I started to think about it. Realistically, the best charger that Samsung sells isn't the S20, the 25 watt. It's this guy. This is the 45 watt charger. And I do apologize for the dust. It's been sitting under my desk charging. Uh, but yeah, this is the Samsung 45 watt charger. It's a bigger guy. And you can definitely see the, the difference in size. So let's see if we can get them. So 25 and 45. The S20 supported the 45 watt charger, and currently Samsung doesn't sell a phone that supports 45 watt charging. They still sell the 45 charger, but they don't have one that supports it. The maximum they'll do is 25 watt on wired, which is what they're referring to as their fast charging. And then, of course, they also do wireless, which is up to 15 watts, which is also considered their fast charging. So those are the maximum capabilities. And the reason why I put it in the title this week um, for the video, uh, I wanted to actually kind of say is, you know, no charger in the box. It's not a problem. Because I realized that I think their offering or their offering for a charger has always been limited. This charger sells for about $30 on their website. So $20 to $30, depending on the color. I think I saw a couple of models. This one sells for $50. It's a 45-watt charger, and it is a PD charger, so you're able to charge other devices from it. But it's a 45-watt charger, and it's a pretty big brick. What I did find, though, is that I think at the end of the day, what we should start doing, if more companies are going to be going down this, this path, is to find the most flexible charger with the smallest footprint that we can carry with us and use to charge our devices at the fastest rate. 
So I'm not trying to, uh, it's not necessarily like an advertising or so on. Spigen reached out and they they had an interesting story, which I didn't really appreciate till I got the charger. Uh, this little charger, sorry, let me show you guys the, the logo. This little charger is a 45 watt gang charger. This is a, uh, it's called the Spigen Power Arc Pro. And it has basically uh, the gallium nitrate, the gang charger, what, what they're referred to. And the reason behind this is it's not only smaller, it's physically smaller than the other 45 watts. So here, there's the two 45 watt chargers, the Samsung and the one that made specifically from Spigen. Sells for $29 uh, and it has on sale right now 25%. Short answer, this little charger can beat anything that Samsung's providing us and will carry us for the future devices that we want to buy. I think we need to start looking at other third-party manufacturers when it comes down to chargers. I can harp all I want at Samsung and what Samsung has been doing for their charging situation. But I feel like at the end of the day, I think this is a direction that they're moving on. And it's sooner or later, we're going to start seeing chargers disappearing. This guy makes it so that I know I have to depend on that. I can charge my uh, Samsung device, my Flip. Uh, I can charge my OnePlus device. I can charge any device with it. It's not going to be at the fastest with everything. But for the most part, if you use power delivery and uh, obviously uh, the, the gang chargers are usually smaller and run cooler, I find them to do a really good job. And um, also, they sell the charger. 20 bucks, the wireless charger, that's 15-watt charger that you can use. And it has a non-slip material. So for me... I think those are the better solutions. We need to start looking at third-party manufacturers to step up and for us to actually use a device or a charger that works with multiple devices and we are no longer locked uh, to one system. You know, Huawei does the same thing. They have very fast chargers, but they're locked to that. Um, and we go to Quick Charge 5.0. Some may support it, some may not. This super easy, very small USB-C connector. They do include a cable with it. Um, and, and again, it's about the size. It's even actually lower uh, than the one that comes with the 25 watt that used to be included. And it runs at 45. So for me, this is how I'm going to deal with it from now on. I don't want to basically make it into a situation where I keep harping at Samsung for, for something that it seems like they're, they not only made their decision, they're just moving forward. Their $1,700 or $1,800 smartphone slash tablet phone, the Z Fold 3, does not include it. And they're not coming back with it. And I, we also heard Google's going down the same path. Uh, the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro will not have a charger. So at the end of the day, I know I'm pretty much set. That's how I'm going to be dealing with it as well. Um, if the Duo wasn't going uh, wasn't going to be a th oh, the, if the Duo 2 wasn't going to be a thing, I'd be snapping the Fold 3. Sam, Sam is a big Duo fan. So just for, for kind of point of reference, uh, both Sam and Juan picked up the Duo when it was first announced. So this is at launch, they picked it up and they've been championing the, the conversation behind the Duo. And I feel like this is something that, yes, obviously when you start hearing that there is a successor or a potential successor to the phone that you love, the format that you like, and I, and I truly believe the, the folding aspect of the Duo beats what the Fold offers, mostly because it truly represents a desktop experience or a landscape experience on a tablet. So your functionality is really not divided between three separate slides. It's literally two tablets or basically uh, think of it as a um, like a desktop, right? Like your PC desktop experience. But it's split. It's split to show on two separate displays, but you're still getting the work uh, workability between two. Uh, you can snap uh, applications. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. So for me, that is very exciting. Um, I'm interested to see what the, the performance are going to be on the cameras since that it seems to be more of a focus on the new uh, the Duo 2. But I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. Uh, so here, uh, geeky Nassim, I think the fold uh, would would have sold a lot. Would have sold, would have sold a lot compared to last year. Um, it's and it's, and it is an amazing time. So, 
I think overall they will probably sell more, more, well, more than likely because of the current situation, right? Last year or this time last year when the original Fold was released, uh, the Fold 2 at least, um, the, the, there was a different circumstance. People weren't traveling. People weren't going out. There was a lot of things going on where people were staying at home. So the function of having uh, access to a larger display was much easier may, and may have attributed not to, to the sales as well. And I like it. Donald is, uh, Donald's with us as well. It's like TK, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, I think we need to just take the uh, the conversation and kind of move forward. Uh, I, I, I'm i not going to deny I was upset with it at the beginning, but then I realized, you know what? I can do better. I can do better than what, and then not only that, I can do better at a much cheaper price. So uh, for everybody that does get those, you know, say the pre-ordering, they're getting their credits, I would recommend just buying your own charger using this and then using those credits and getting some nice accessories like some maybe original cases and so on i picked up some really nice options for the fold uh the the leather case uh juan didn't like the this design of the leather case with the little flap uh and then of course there was other cases that um, i got as well from spigen or um not spigen uh, sorry uag and stuff like that so there are definitely some nice options as well uh sam saying oh yeah i think this we're, we're jumping back in comments here uh geeky nasim uh Oh, okay. TK, hi. Um, any updates on the on the five A heating issues with the with the with shooting four K videos? So the the there is no. Oh, I'll say this: there hasn't been an update to address the heating issue. I think at this point, the way we're looking at it, um, the issue is maybe more uh, severe on certain units than others. Not every device has it has held the same way as some of the other comments that we've seen on the market. I think the initial wave of comments that we pushed out was based on a device that was overheating quite quickly. I'm talking about within a couple of minutes of turning on 4K 60 frames per second or even 4K 30 but primarily 4K60. Uh, Juan and I have done our own tests. There's been other YouTubers that have also done their tests using their four, uh, the uh, their 5A. And the reality of the matter is, I think you can comfortably say that you can shoot up to about almost 19 minutes of a continuous shot in 4K60 frames per second. It's not a short time. It's not a super long time, uh, but there isn't really a fix for that. There are some certain aspects of the device that are causing it to hold more heat or not dissipate the heat in the same shape. And the reason I say this is because the difference between the 4A 5G and the 5A 5G is almost about eight minutes of the recording. The 4A 5G can record up to 27 minutes of uh, 4K 60 frames per second before heating that thermal uh, before hitting that thermal uh, throttling. And I think realistically, on the average usage, who's going to be shooting 29, you know, 30 minutes worth of 4K 60 frames per second? And if they're trying to use some a device in that manner, are, are they really trying to buy a budget smartphone to perform at a workhorse of what a basically a flagship can do? I think we need to also kind of, um, I would say almost like taper our expectations for the smartphone or the technology that we're getting. This is running a 765G. It's a year old technology that was originally launched without 4K 60 uh, frames per support. Later, it was added on as a feature. We have access to it, and we can shoot up to about 19 to 27 minutes, depending on the experience that you're getting with that. So I feel like, is there any updates from Google? No. Is it something that we should be worried about? Absolutely not. I think at the end of the day, the fact that the OnePlus 9 Pro shoots 4K in six in five-minute increments is also another statement that they're trying to manage heat. Google decided not to cap you on this, uh, but it's something that you need to be aware of in case you do want to buy this device. So I think you just, you know, go into it with that expectation. 1080p footage is absolutely gorgeous. 4K30 looks great. Uh, and I think overall, the performance, the 5A is, is stellar. For 450, there really isn't much uh, out there that competes in that level, especially with the fact that this is going to be one of the first smartphones to get Android 12. So I, I'm really excited for that. 
Uh, Dan, welcome back. Ground the tech, uh, the man, the myth himself is back with us, hanging out with us. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're feeling better. And then, um, oops, I think I missed the comment. Hold on, hold on a second. I think I did. Uh, okay. Um, uh, Deirdre is saying is, I ordered the Z Fold 3 back in August, on August 12th, um, and it arrived on August 27th, which is as expected. It's, it works great, and I was very glad to see that they went back to the 512 gigabytes in our memory. That was also a big feature. I feel like a lot of people may have missed on the, is the fact is, and thank you, very, by the way, Deirdre, um, Yes, the 512 is no longer locked to the Chinese market. Last year with the Z Fold 2, they only gave us the 256. Now you have the ability of picking up the 256 or the 512 gigs of internal storage because we don't have expandable storage, right? This device does not feature an SD card support. It will not have any expandable storage option in any of the markets that are coming out. So the fact that you can pick up the 512, I think, is a big difference than what we've had in the past. Uh, and I like the fact that we are able to kind of go into it. If you're thinking of it for longevity, you like to store a lot of your content, your media, movies, specifically if you have a large music library. Music can take a lot of space on our devices. And if you're traveling, you want to basically pick up something, you just want to do things on the go. I, I totally agree. The 256, I think, is may not be enough. The 512 should be there. Um, although for me, I did go with the 256 mostly because when I start my new devices, because as you can imagine, I jump from I jump from one phone to the other. Um, I typically I typically don't transfer my my media with it, which reduces my footprint on the new smartphone quite a bit. And then what I end up doing essentially is in the process of testing it, I build up the media from there. So I'm shooting content on this phone with this phone. So the library is filled only with the uh, pictures and videos from this phone only. So it helps me also kind of organize my content when I'm backing them up. But I totally agree. The 512, I'm totally with you on that one. Congrats on that one. And uh, yes, uh, I think a lot of people got their devices on the between Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. And I think that's just depending on when you ordered. Uh, and if you, you know, once you have it, you truly appreciate what the fold and the flip do. do. Um, so I do want to talk about that. I do want to put them head to head today. And I want to start talking about which one does which one makes sense which one is the right format and at the end of the day i feel like i'm able to say which one it would be the right phone for me and what i need out of a foldable so we'll talk about that um joey uh, joe saying um well i don't care i don't care about the charger even even uh even if one did come uh did, did come as well as the s pen uh, in the case with the pre-order um even if one came as well. Okay, so I think it's more about the approach of what you um, what you need. And you're right. Some people may care about the charger. Some people may not. And it says uh, SD card and multi-user uh, on the Fold 3 would be, would be nice. Uh, SD card functionality is something, unfortunately, that we lost. But there is an accessory that I do want to share with you guys. So I, yesterday during the live stream with Juan, we talked about the fact that we both love our our next stock 360. So the next stock 360 is a tablet is a for the better word is it's a shell of a laptop, right? It's a laptop uh, shell with a keyboard, a mouse, a touch display, uh, speakers. Um, it, you know, I/O. You have basically USB-C connectivity as well as micro SD. And what I really like about that is that it allows me to launch Dex from my Fold 3 onto it and then allows me to use the system as a basically a virtual laptop. I still have full access to the uh, Z Fold and all I can do with it. So full display open or outdoor or the external display. 
Um, and then now I'm able, also able to use an experience, which is DeX, that desktop experience that Samsung allows us to do wirelessly to TVs, but now running on a laptop with that function. But now I can add an SD card. That's the big picture thing that I feel like a lot of us can benefit in the future. We may not need to have the SD card there with us all the time, but if we use an accessory that augments our multitasking on, on devices like, like the Fold, uh, like, the Z, uh, like the S21, like the S20 series, all of the devices that support DeX, this is a big thing that we need to appreciate. Um, and it is actually going to be one of the things I can actually talk about specifically why um, the Z Flip is a little bit, it's missing the mark for me a little bit. It's not the SD card support. It's the DeX support. There is no DeX support. And not only that, there is no external display support. So let me explain what I mean here. And I tested it out yesterday with the Z, uh, with the uh, with the option here. So let me go ahead and unlock the phone. And let's see. Did, oh, I guess it's been some time. Oops, here, let's unlock. And if I'm not mistaken here, where are we? Uh, here, nope, nope. <laughs> so what I was trying to show you guys here is um, I switched over to the actual display. So I'm using external display or pushing out just screen mirroring on the Z Flip. Um, and unfortunately, it's not supported. The Z Flip does not support neither DeX or screen mirroring. So there's no function of us being able to use this on a, an external monitor by using it. So the next stock doesn't work, and I, I can't. I'll take that back. It does accept uh, access to the my, uh, to the mouse, so it recognizes the keyboard and the mouse. It recognizes the SD card, but it does not have video out. So there are some functions in there, but just not fully functional there. But I'm with you, Joe. I, I really wish we had an SD card support. And I, I, my thing is, at the price point, and even on the on the footprint that the Z Fold Three has. I would imagine there there is enough space for them to have an SD card and have the uh, the board for it, but we'll see. Um, guys TV, okay. So guys TV is in there as well. Hey man, uh, as well as Grounded Tech. Uh, oh, I see what it is. Airguys, this uh, so Grounded Tech is using his uh, Twitch account as well as uh, as the um, YouTube account. But thank you very much there. Um, TK, I didn't understand the no charger, no problem thingy in that in the title. Um, so Shohan, Shohan Hero is saying, is it so it, the reason why I put it in there, I specifically wanted to address the concept of having a charger and not having it. I think the initial wave of not having a charger in there was pretty much the similar thing that we had when we lost the headphone jack, uh, when we lost the headphone, the uh, the audio adapters that used to be included in the package. As time goes on, we get less and less things in our devices or in the packaging that comes from from companies. And the more money we spend for devices, the less things we get, which is a weird approach, because you would think the more you pay is the more you get, because you do want to get better experiences. So. Um, in the package, they used to include it. This is Samsung's typical charger um, that used to be included in almost every package. Uh, and it is a 25-watt charger, and it is essentially a USB-C. It started coming out with the S20 series, and I think the Note series was the last to carry it. So it's a very short-lived time. Prior to that, they used to use something called fast charging, which for the most part was 15-watt charging, uh, at, but they're calling it adaptive fast charging. And then Samsung also started to release and sell this charger. This is a 45-watt charger that is sold by Samsung. It is currently still selling on Samsung's website as their fastest charger. It charges at 45 watts. Unfortunately, they don't have a phone that supports it anymore. The S20 Ultra is the only one that supported it, and they stopped it right after that. So when I was looking at it, essentially, is... It bothered me a lot that I didn't get any chargers. And at the end of the day, yes, this box is very thin. And 
what I was trying to shoot for, at least kind of get to it, I think what we should do is to start looking at really good chargers that support our technology or our devices that we're using and just get one that actually supports a range of devices, not necessarily just the device that is sold by this company. So meaning I don't want just a 45 watt charger from Samsung. I want a charger that works with everything. And that's why I was talking about the gang uh, chargers. And I have no problem with not having a charger because I'm going to get one myself that not only is cheaper than what Samsung sells, but also does more than what the Samsung model does. And it is smaller, runs cooler, and still provides me with that fast charging that I want on the go. This works much better for me when I have to travel because I don't have to worry about having so many different things adding up to different spaces. Small and functional always works. So that's what I think the, the comment. I'm hoping you, you saw that one. And that's a quick recap on that. Um, Chemi's in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Donald saying, TK, uh, I remember getting on, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I remember getting on my way, uh, on, uh, on, on and walking uh, to pay for, uh, and, and sorry, putting a dime to make a call uh, when we had no patients anymore. <laughs> okay, I totally agree. Yeah, I, it, it is something that we have to kind of time, we, we have to kind of move on with it. And I feel like that's, that was the move for me. I think that was the limit. Um, I can, I can, I can be bothered by it, or I can just try to find a solution. I think that was what the point is. Um, Greg is commenting. So Google's going to take the charger away as well. Yes. On the six and six pro, the pixel five, a five G does include a charger. It includes the 18 watt charger. Now there's a small thing in my mind that I'm thinking is there's a good possibility that the means the charger is not going to be an 18 watt charger. It's going to be something of a newer technology, which is more than likely what we're going to end up having to buy ourselves. Uh, will it support quick, uh, quick charge, uh, 5.0? Probably not since it's not using a Qualcomm charger, uh, SOC. So that was another thing that we it kind of hints into what we're going to see there is a chance that it is going to be using maybe a 45 maybe a 25 watt charger similar to some of the other samsung devices uh purely because samsung is involved in the technology uh of putting together you know Whitechapel uh, or the new soc for the pixel 6 and pixel 6 pro so we'll have to see but yeah there were, the announcement was made so that that was i feel like if if google if samsung and google and apple are all deciding that this is not a good good thing um, sooner or later, it seems like it's a trend that it's going to start. Uh, Xiaomi did start doing this at the beginning of the year, and then they quickly changed it and gave it the option to pick a device with or without the charger in the box. They didn't charge any extra for it, but you got to pick which version you wanted. Um, and I realistically think about it at the end of the day, and if I have something like this that I don't have to worry about it anymore, this is something that I can move forward with and not have to not, not have to be concerned about the charger that comes in the box. 45 watt is way more than most chargers are able to provide us. And the ones that do go faster, at least at this point, are including them in the box. So, you know, like uh, uh, the, the OnePlus, or even if we're talking about, let's say, you know, Xiaomi, uh, Oppo, uh, even Huawei, they are still including them in the box right now. So we'll have to see. Um, oh, but, <laughs> uh, Z Flip uh, is a really good phone if um, when you compare it to last year. So yes, I think the approach that we're looking at it, the Z Flip has gone through a few generational upgrades that were very quick. At the beginning of the year, last year in 2020, before the whole situation kind of started, they announced the Z Flip in 3G format, sorry, an LTE, 4G LTE uh, model, at the same time as the Galaxy S20 series in San Francisco. I had the chance to go over. I got a chance to check it out. There was some really good designs, some new colors. It looked great. It was lacking 5G. A lot of people were wondering, I mean, how can you do this and how can you release a phone in 2020 and everything else that you're releasing has 5G, but then you release a phone that does not have it. The Z Flip 3, or sorry, the Z Flip didn't have it. The Z Flip 5G, which came back maybe four or five months later, again, still didn't make sense to me why they would release it so close. Why not just release all of it at the same time? 
But that solved the problem. It gave us 5G, but it also gave us a more up-to-date technology as far as the processor. That was the other thing that the Z Flip didn't have. So we kind of went through almost like as if the first Z Flip should have been released in 2019. The second one, which 5G should have been released in 2020. And now we have the Z Flip 3. Seriously, the biggest thing that I would probably say is, is the fact that the display on this is the best, one of the best, better options. We have a almost full display that gives us the ability to actually, um, let me double click it here and let me see, I'll show you guys. So this is what you guys look like to me here. Boom. So this is what you guys look like to me right now on the camera. Uh, and it gives us the ability of actually switching between video, doing things, taking pictures, and actually reading notes and reading comments a lot more. And it is a touch responsive display. So. From that sense, the water resistance that we also have in there, uh, the stereo speakers that we have in there, um, eight gigs of RAM, 200, and, well, this one's 128 gigs of uh, internal storage. There is a 256 gig storage, although they did a little bit of a weird thing for us. They gave us the better colors on the 128 and give us a very limited color selection when you went to the 256. Long story long, uh, the, yes, to to, uh, to to his comment, of course, yes, uh, the, the improvements on the Z Flip 3 make it the most compelling. And of course, the fact that with all of that, it is cheaper. It is much cheaper with a trade-in. You can get it somewhere between four to 500 bucks is crazy in 2021. So for sure. Um, uh, Faisal, Faisal is asking is, I can't decide which one should I get, the Z Flip 3 or the S21 uh, Ultra Exynos? It depends on what you're looking for, uh, Faisal. Uh, the, the reason I say is the Z Flip 3, the Z Flip 3 is definitely a statement phone. It's a phone that looks great and works okay. I don't know if I'm, I'm not trying to make, make it sound like it's a bad phone. From a performance, workhorse performance level, the S21 is just going to beat it hands down. There's no question. Uh, it Not because it's run, not running the X, uh, the Qualcomm chest pack because you're talking about the Exynos over there. Um, I think it's because of just the sheer horsepower and functionality. The S21 Ultra has better cameras, um, larger displays, stereo speakers, S Pen support, which this one doesn't, has IP68 rating, not IP67. So there's a few differences there. Uh, larger battery, faster charging, overall performance is just going to be much better. Uh, uh, horsepower, as far as maybe I'm talking like benchmark wise, there is going to be a, obviously a slight advantage on the 888, but not big enough for it to be a big difference for you on the smartphone experience. So the end of the day would be is if you're looking for a workhorse and a powerhouse, the S21 is definitely going to be a better selection. If you're looking for a device that um, you're able to use it maybe as a secondary phone, maybe you do have a tablet or something that is bigger that you use for more of your productivity. And I think the S21 or sorry, the Z Flip 3 can definitely meet that ex and exceed that experience. It's small, it's thin enough. With moderate usage, the battery should last pretty good. Although, and this is going to sound weird, I'd right now I recommend you guys turning off your 5G radios on the Z Flip. For the most part, 4G LTE is going to work just as good, give you almost as good connection. And the fact of the matter is you'll actually save battery. The battery on this will work much better when the phone does not need to actually connect to 5G. You have the, four, the full power of the system. You just don't get, you don't need to worry about connecting to that 5G connectivity. If you don't upload and download content from your phone, you're not going to notice a difference between the connection on a 5G connection or 4G LTE. And this is based on experience. And I'll say this because I've done this where I've been in areas and I need to upload content uh, to my YouTube channel using a 4G LTE connection and a 5G connection. There is a difference. There is a massive difference. But if you don't do that, if you're just downloading, consuming content, there, the difference is not going to be very, very, uh, very much in front of you. You're not going to notice it much. And especially when you don't have enough battery to, you, know, you don't want that experience where middle of the day, you're enjoying your phone, you're watching a whole bunch of stuff, and then suddenly your battery is very, very low and you need to make sure to get a charger and get it topped off. 
very, very much. I think that'll be one trick that you can do it. And if you do need the speed, you can always turn it on when you need it. I'm, it's not like I'm saying disable it permanently. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, Tammy's coming with a question is, how's the experience with the issues uh, with the issues Qualcomm? Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, the Qualcomm smartphone by Asus, the uh, Snapdragon Insiders. Uh, I guess something like the Pixel. Um, sad we don't get <laughs> we don't get a collab between Qualcomm and Google. Um, right now, the Qualcomm smartphone for the the Snapdragon smartphone or the Snapdragon Insider smartphone is is a very close experience to a Pixel because the way they Asus did it, they took away all of their heavy skin, all of their heavy optimizations that they typically do to uh, optimize the UI elements for more of a gaming experience or even the regular smartphone. And they gave us almost like a Pixel-like experience uh, when it comes to Android. So performance-wise, when we're talking about actually just sheer horsepower, um, realistically, the uh, the Snapdragon Insider is really a top-notch smartphone. Uh, not only are you getting the 888, you're getting 16 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of internal storage, the best type of storage, stereo speakers, large display, 144 hertz. I mean, the, the features that come with this are obviously crazy. There's no headphone jack, but it is definitely crazy. I wish the battery on that one was a little bit bigger. Uh, when it comes down to camera performance, there's still a couple updates or at least one major update that's going to be coming up at the end of the month. And I wanted to test out the cameras a little bit more to, to be able to give you that straight answer. Right now, in the current form that it's in, uh, the model, or at least the unit that I have, still hasn't received that camera optimization uh, feature. So that's supposed to happen any day now before the end of August. So as soon as that comes out, expect a video from me, and I'll be able to hopefully give you a better answer. Uh, but from a just performance and function, yes, it's, uh, it is the best that Qualcomm has to offer. Snapdragon Sound is there dead center. Uh, and of course, I wish there would be an ability for, for Qualcomm and Google to have a, a collaboration on the device. But I think that's partially what drove Google to, to kind of control their own thing. I think this is the support for their devices and also controlling the entire story when it comes down to Pixel. Um, although if you can keep in mind, uh, the Pixel 5a 5G did come out with the Qualcomm 765. So they didn't really go far too, too far with it. I think I saw Joe. Oh, here it is. Joe. <laughs> I think I missed a lot of comments. Hold on a second. I think let me jump back. Oh, Jermaine is in the chat as well. Uh, Tech loving mama. Hey, hope you're doing well. Everybody say hi. Um, Aditya is in there as well. Um, Shohan Hero is in there. Uh, David, okay, I think I missed a lot of comments. Let me double check. Oh, okay, so here, real quick. Thank you very much to Concept, uh, to Jermaine, Concept Creator. It's like, I was going to call him Concept, yes. Uh, yeah, definitely, uh, please, if you don't mind, don't forget to like and subscribe to the live stream. It always helps out and keeps us, uh, it keeps us going. Maybe that's the best way to say it, but uh, of course, always appreciate it for your support. Uh, <laughs> always, always good. Thank you very much. Uh, I think, oh man, I missed a lot of comments. Okay, let me see if we can we can skip through some of those. I don't want to miss all of them. Uh, I want to say hi to Joe. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Uh, glad to have you back. Dom, uh, Dominic Wong. I don't know why I want to call you Dom, the Dominic, you know, family. No, I don't know. It is, you're, you are always part of the family. Um, here, let me see here. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. So uh, I think you were answering a DT on that one. Uh, Joe, that's mad. They never knew it was, um, that, oh yeah. Of course, uh, the 45 watt charger is something that is is not only overkill, it is something that isn't supported, which is weird. It, it is just something weird. Um, um, if they don't include the wall plug, uh, they they should give us a micro USB or whatever cable, uh, not the type C, uh, the type C. So 
the concern with it is is the type of technology that need, is needed to transfer the power that you need. So for them, they've deemed that the USB-C connectivity is the best one to provide you that 25 watt uh, charger because they want you to use these chargers. They don't want you to charge your phone on other chargers. In theory, they're trying to control the story, but it's something that you have to kind of keep in mind at the end of the day is it'll charge from almost any charger on the market as long as it has, as long as it's actually a charger. So the, the intention here is at what speed do you want to be able to charge your device? And that's the concern. USB-C should be the best. And I think at this point, we really should be doing USB-C to everything. We have enough devices on the market. So I'll say this, micro USB, although should have died a long, long time ago, still has some devices coming out. Specifically, audio uh, tech still kind of relies on the micro USB. Um, and I'm, I even, I'm not even going to try to touch base on the fact that my uh, Blue Yeti uh, microphone still has the old style USB, uh, not even the micro USB. So we're talking about even older technology. At the end of the day, I think we should all be moving to USB-C, mostly because of compatibility. Also, it kind of crosses between technologies now. You could use this charger, let's say this 45-watt charger, to charge your, uh, your iPad. If you want to use it to charge your iPhone, you want to have that flexibility. And I feel like USB Type-A, although very flexible or very functional, still doesn't give us the ability of having support for everything. And then if we try to go back to micro USB, which is on the connector side, uh, they wouldn't be able to support it. it. That would be even more that more options that they, I don't think they right now is highly viable for them. Maybe that's the better way. It's just, uh, I think from a function, they should have included the USB-C charger. I don't think it's really making it or breaking it for them. Um, the S21 Ultra did not sell that much cheaper. They gave us a slightly cheaper model, but then they kind of hinted you at the 256 model. Again, the, the conversation is, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we need to just accept the fact that Samsung is dealing this type of experience, and we need to kind of get the chargers that we, we 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 feel will work better for us and that can charge all of our devices. This works great with the Fold 3, with the Flip 3, the S21. Um, it charges over on my uh, my Samsung devices, my OnePlus devices. Um, even when I'm uh, charging it, when I'm using this one to actually uh, charge on the Realme devices, it doesn't charge them at the fastest speed, but it still does work on them. So I, I like those functions as well. Uh, uh, Rupert in uh, saying, um, then the, then they'll remove the plastic cover <laughs> stuck on the phone, and you'll have it when you're unboxing it. It felt like a weird unboxing. It truly felt like a weird unboxing. Um, after having spent so much money to get the full three and pretty much just get the phone and a plastic cover with a cable, I feel like again. And so here's the weird thing: there are maybe the better way to say it. Okay. So there are more chargers on the market that have USB-A, but we're starting to get to the point that almost every new charger that you get, at least in 2021 or late 2020, uh, that every charger is basically USB-C and going forward. So that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but I think most PCs, if let's say you're trying to connect this uh, your smartphone to your PC, you're probably still going to be using a USB-A to USB-C connector. Very few desktops have all USB-C ports. Uh, on my laptop specifically, and this one isn't that old, but it was like a late 2019, early 2020 model. Uh, this is the Concept D from Acer. I only have one USB-C port. I have more USB 3.0 ports than I had USB-C. So the function, again, I think the cable probably would have done better. And I think where the comment was originally coming in. We should probably keep including a cable that has a USB-A to USB-C, and that should be the cable included in the box as opposed to C to C, just to keep it more functional because if somebody wants to connect this to their PC and charge their phone from there, transfer their data, it may end up making it so that you have to buy another cable, but we'll, we'll have to see on that one. Uh, yeah, but at some point, yeah, they'll probably end up removing the plastic uh, cover even on the phone. Um, 
until until they remove the box itself and then you pretty much just get a phone in a in a in a, in a plastic bag no I, I think at some point what what they're trying to shoot for is from their point of view it's about selling more units including more units in a box and shipping more units from one location to another the existing form factor or the one prior to removing the the charging brick in the box um, did remove obviously or did limit them to how many units they can put this obviously alleviates that problem uh, the concern that was going on, though, is that the options that they're giving us to solve the problem, although it was free as part of the promotional, if you pre-ordered them there, I think they're probably still doing that now. Um, it, it's still not the function that I feel like we should be doing. We shouldn't be using the promotional credit uh, that was given to us to pre-order because we're fans to get something that was supposed to be included in the box. I mean, we're using some of that credit for something that should have been included. And now we could have basically used it. Like I said, getting another case, getting another accessory, maybe a dual, one of the uh, trio chargers that they have. There's a lot of other things you could pick up from Samsung uh, to augment your experience with your either Fold, your Flip, or even S-Series. Um, and realistically, actually, I was looking, uh, I was hoping to see more conversation around the S21 FE, which it seems like nothing has happened, but may still happen at the end of the year. So we'll have to see. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. Thank you, Shohin. Uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, let me see here. Joe, really need... Uh, th so they really need to add multi-user support. In the past... So this is the thing. In the past, I used to use uh, basically, you know, rooting the smartphone or Samsung devices and installing, uh, like, you know, um, you know, exposed modules and so on to be able to add additional functionalities back into Android that was either disabled because the, the function is built in. It's not something that they didn't include. It was just, it's not something that they want people to use. They want to make it so that you're using your own profile on your account. Uh, but unfortunately, there was also some news put out this week talking about the fact that Samsung's gone about um, locking the bootloader in such a way that if you do unlock the, uh, the bootloader, the camera stops working, which is something that I don't understand why. I understand the 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 the, the rationale behind it. It's they're trying to discourage people from rooting their smartphone, specifically the, specifically devices at this expensive. But disabling it is one thing. Removing the so Sony used to do this a long time ago when you did unlock their devices, they removed DRM function off their smartphone. They didn't disable the camera, they disabled the DRM. So anything that was copyrighted, anything that required authentication of a secure system on the device uh, was not allowed to work. So you couldn't do it. And then, of course, at, at some point or another, they were able to figure out ways around that. Samsung right now, at least, is approaching this manner by saying we'll disable the entire camera system, meaning camera experience, anything that requires face unlock that uses the camera does not work. Anything that requires the camera to scan, QR code scanners, anything doesn't work. The camera module experience is entirely shut down. You're left with a phone that's unlocked, but you just don't have the function, forcing you to basically try to go you know, all the way into a custom ROM and trying to figure out if they're able to reinitiate re and make that function work. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to see all the specific as to how deep are um, is basically the, this function disabled. Is it disabled uh, on the kernel level or is it disabled just in the software, meaning in the in the operating system that we're that they're using, which essentially is One UI 3.1. But we'll have to see. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are buying $1,700 or $1,800 smartphones. Just for reference, with tax, it's close to about $2,000 and then trying to root them. So there's not going to be a lot of development going on the, the fold. But I feel like it's something that is just indicative of what's going to be coming up in the next series of the S22 and so on. I think there's going to be a lot more discussion around that once the S22 comes out. But they announced it during this time. Jermaine, always a legend, always a legend. Uh, Joe, I, I totally am with you on that one. Um, 
wow, okay, I'm about seven minutes behind on comments, which is not too bad. Uh, let me see if I can skip through Tech Love and Mama. We saw here. Da, da, da. Uh, oh, Anchor, by the way, yes. So Greg is also mentioning Anchor makes also a lot of other good uh, brands. Um, Anchor, uh, Zero Lemon, well, it makes a lot of great uh, great accessories. I think for me, it was more about the size. It, this is so crazy small and so functional that I felt like it was really, really nice. Um, and I think they're, they, they're, they do have another model that also has two USB-C connectors, uh, connectors on it as well. Uh, they also have some that go all the way up to 100 watts, so even, even more. Uh, I think Rupert's answering a detail on that one. Um, uh, yes, uh, actually speakers as well. Joe's jumping back with that. Yeah. Chargers, speakers, and headphones. Uh, their sound core department is absolutely crazy good. Uh, the P3s, I am still trying to get my hand, uh, not get my hand. I'm trying to get my head around them. Um, I need to put the video out on them. Uh, I did finish. I've been testing them for quite some time. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite pair of earbuds to listen to. I pushed out the video for the OnePlus Buds earlier this week uh, because of an embargo situation, uh, but I definitely will be putting out a video on the SoundCore's P3. Uh, if you're looking for any Anchor sound experience, they're going to be one of the better options. Um, let me see here. Da, da, da. Joe, okay. Now if Google made a Z Flip... <laughs> So, if, uh, so Joe's jumping back. He's like, if Google made a Z Flip type device, I would uh, be very interested as far as Team Pixel. Absolutely. I think the fact of the matter is Google's been including code for foldable devices or, or folding experience devices for, I think, ever since Android 9. Uh, actually, I take that back. Android 10 and Android 11 have it built in. So they've started to optimize Android to work on them. And I think that was the initial intent behind it. Essentially, is once it becomes part of AOSP, it is something that obviously Google could potentially jump into. Now, the reality right now, we haven't heard any exact specific information on a foldable smartphone from Google. I think to this day, we all have basically, okay, so the main thing is, I think we've always wanted a Pixel smartphone, uh, sorry, Pixel smart uh, smartwatch, which we haven't seen yet. We've seen rumors about that. We've heard a lot of things, but those are things that we want to keep in mind. Pixel smartphone or Pixel experience right now would be amazing on a foldable. That's just the sheer functionality is what I would love to see what Google can do with it. Uh, Samsung is definitely pushing the limit with it. We saw Oppo releasing the uh, the rollable smartphone. Uh, LG, when you know LG back at CES uh, said that they were going to release something similar to that. Uh, we saw TCL talking about the roll as well as the rollable uh, short, smaller version. So there's a lot of technology that is already out there to prove what is the best solution. Now, can Google do this? It's going to be an interesting approach. Can they go the, the the route of LG providing us a case that enables us to use an external display? I don't see that func that function coming in mostly because to this day, they still don't give us uh, HDMI or vi uh, video out. So there's a limitation in there that I don't think they want to do yet. I think we're more than likely, as as Joe's saying, maybe seeing a foldable pixel, uh, maybe a, a dual, you know, a display that folds similar to the way Samsung's experience is going to be or something maybe closer to the Z Flip. And I would be really excited to see how Pixel or how Google's approach to that end up becoming uh, more mainstream. Because once Google takes on and we start seeing these features built into Google's smartphone, you could definitely see that other companies can not only include that, but build on it. So we'll have to see how that goes. I'm excited for that as well. Uh, the 6 and 6 Pro, hopefully, are going to be coming out very soon. We had the 5A, 5G come out literally out of the blue last week. Um, and it is seriously a champ that that just it has very little competition at that price point for what it can do. Uh, let me see, Aditya. I think a lot of people are responding back to Aditya here. That, that, uh, oh, Steve DeRoche is in there. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Come over to you, mon ami. I'm still very wary about the screen. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, delamination. Uh, Lin 
uh, lint and sand in the in the hinges increase and the foldables is in, in general. So they've done some improvements here for the the water resistance on this on these devices on both the flip three and the and the fold three. The difference though is this is intended for people that were worried being able to use their smartphone when it was raining, when it's outdoors, and there's a little bit of water kind of going on. We've seen some people put their phone entirely in water, and it keep in mind that the water that they're using is clean, um, purified water. It is not pool water, and it is not ocean water. It means there's no chlorine and there's no salt. Um, salt and ocean water has a lot more um, uh, more materials in it that, that basically break down seals around the smartphone. Most smartphones that we talk about that are rated for water resistance are not intended for ocean water. They're intended for fresh water and chlorinated water in pools. So intentionally meaning that you could use it around the, and be outside and not have to worry about it. Um, the Z Flip 3 does not actually have, or the Fold 3 are not um, basically immune to dust. And I think that's something that we want to keep in mind. Yeah, taking them to the beach is still not necessarily a great experience, a, a recommended experience. You're going to be fine, obviously, if you take care of it. If you got a splash of water on it, just wipe it off. You should be fine. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, they're moving in the right direction, but I'm not, I, I'm not at 100% with you there yet. Um, I do want to mention, though, also that Whitestone Dome Glass sent me a, um, a glass protector replacement kit for both the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3 that enables me to actually remove the glass protector, the, the, the protector that Samsung put on the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3. Um, and of course, if you're able to you know, replace them for other ones, better options as opposed to having to take them into a Samsung Center. I will say, though, to this. The smartphone, the experience of the new glass protector, the protector that Samsung is using on the Flip 3 and the Fold 3, feels better. It feels, it, it literally, the best way to describe it, it literally feels like a glass uh, display on a smartphone um, being used on a foldable. So they've done a really good job on building that experience. So I think that, for one, I can have to give them a kudos on that. But we're still not to the point where we're 100% comfortable saying that this is as rugged as a standard, um, you know, your standard uh, device that you're used to using before. So I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm with you with that one, uh, Steve, of course. Um, uh, Faisal, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let me see here. I think I'm, I'm catching up on the... Oh, dang it. I just jumped a whole like a thousand ER1980s in the chat. Hey, man. Uh, let me see here. Ibrahim, Ibrahim's in there. Uh, <laughs> so people in 2015, when the... Uh, let me, let's get... This one's funny. Um, Okay, sorry, sorry, Shohan. Uh, uh, thank you, Aditya. It's uh, you know, and I'm always available for special uh, you know messages for anybody uh, hitting up with the French. The, my German's even worse, uh, but yes, uh, Spanish and French, uh, very nice. No, uh, uh, Steve, I always love it when Steve jumps in the chat. I always get a chance to chit chat a little bit with him as well. Um, thank you. Though. Uh, so yeah, we'll jump back to Trojan. So people back in 2015, um, when they unboxed the phone, said you definitely get a charger in 2021. And unfortunately, we got the charge. <laughs> we got the charger. Imp uh, impressive. Uh, it is a very. It's it's a very. It's in in this space. It's easy to have to. E it, it is a very simple and easy way. Uh, if you wait long enough, to end up finding situations or comments that you can actually basically. Um, eat up, you know, basically take back if you could. Um, I, I, I'm guilty with this uh, as well. I, I'm pretty sure at some point or another in my career, I've said that uh, nobody needs more than 128 gigs of internal storage. It's way too much. Uh, or if I probably said 256 gigs of internal storage is basically the, the, the dream situation. You'll never reach or you'll never fill that up. Um, the reality of the matter is our needs change as time goes on. 
the charger situation is not a based it's not something that is based on our needs it's based on the company's needs and it is a direction that they decided that they're going to go with because and this is a weird situation the initial wave of people that and, and i'm not going to say people basically the initial wave where apple removed the charger out of the box and they approached it with a certain approach saying that this is an eco-friendly situation they're trying to save uh, save the world and and i agree don't get me wrong i don't want to see a landfill filled with chargers i realize this uh, and i realize that there is a lot of chargers on the market but i can also say the same thing about smartphones on the market there are way too many smartphones on the market that are not being utilized all the time but yet we don't have that same issue saying that you know we're they're trying to save it it was more about where apple's approach was and i think a lot of other companies started to follow samsung followed with the s20 series samsung followed uh, not s20 the s21 series and I think it's been somewhat of a downward conversation going on from there. We're going to start seeing this, of course, sadly uh, permeate. Uh, is it something that should have happened? No. Should it have we lost the headphone jack? No. We still have devices that have space for them. There's no question that we can. Sony proved it. Asus proves it. Uh, Pixel proves it. A whole bunch of companies are still using headphone jack. And the, the conversation saying we removed it because it is the oldest tech available or this is we needed it to be able to add more, uh, more battery, more space. The space conversation is honestly not a valid conversation or statement. The reality of the matter is they want you to buy their accessories. They want to buy, they want you to buy wireless charger, uh, wireless earbuds. They want you to move into the wireless uh, experience, which don't get me wrong. It is absolutely convenient to have a pair of wireless buds. You put them on, you walk around, you don't have to worry about the wires. I'm with you. It's not a bad experience, but give me the option. Give me the option to listen to great audio on a headphone jack. And then the option for me to be want to be mobile and, you know, no cords or anything like that. I think that's the big thing for me. Uh, let me see ER Ibrahim in there as well. Da, da, da. And I just jumped like 6,000 comments. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here, um, Nadira is asking a question here. He says, can you talk a little bit more about the dome glass protector? So, um, I do have a buddy of mine, uh, that actually did install it on his device. So I haven't installed it on mine. And I think for me, I'll say this glass protectors are, are the big thing for me. I, I always recommend anybody, whenever you're getting a smartphone, pick up a glass protector for your smartphone, uh, be it the internal display or external display, or if you just have obviously one display, get a glass protector. You want something to protect your smartphone. The glass that we're talking about, or at least the one that uh, Nadira is asking about, is, is called the Silk. This is a dome, uh, the Whitestone Dome Glass Silk uh, Glass Protector. Essentially, it's another film to replace not just the external. So they have one that, that covers the, the display on the outside to replace the plastic one that Samsung includes. And I think by far, that is a hands down the best solution. Always go with the glass protector on the outside because this is literally how the phone is in 90% of the time. If I'm using it with a case, if I'm using it with anything else, even if I put it in here, let's say, okay, here's the leather case that they come in. This thing flaps. It is, I mean, it is magnetic, but like, seriously, it does not need a lot and it will come down. And if it lands, your phone screen is going to get damaged. So that I always go with. The glass protector or the silk protector that they're using is something very similar to the one that Samsung uses on them. Uh, they released this for the Z Fold 2 and apparently it works on both, but um, the, the benefit here essentially is that you need to peel the, the screen protector that Samsung out of the box tells you not to remove. Although I will say this, the one on the Z Fold 3 is 
like seriously night and day better than the one on the Z Fold 2. If you want to fix the experience, you have a Z Fold 2 and let's say you want to fix it. I think you want to be able to experience that. Uh, from what I've seen is people have been able to remove their glass protectors or their screen protectors without damaging the inner display. And that's because Samsung changed the way the inner display was done that caused it to have problems the first generation. The first generation of the Fold, the inner display wasn't actually extended beneath the, the, the clips on the outside. So basically, the outer rim of your device here. So let me see if we can do this without dropping this mold. So here we are. Okay. So the display that you have on this, the one that you're looking here, actually goes all the way under these little clips on the outside. So the display is on there, but the, the glass or the protector that they're talking about is actually ever so gently inside of it. So there's a little bit of, there used to be an opening there, and you're actually able to literally peel it with your nail, although they don't recommend doing that. Um, that is the replacement that uh, uh, white don't well, white stone dome glass is trying to do with their silk glass. It's intended to be a foldable display, uh, and installing it is not exactly the simplest way. Uh, I think my my friend that did it still had some bubbles sitting on there, and you'd end up having to remove it and re put it back on. There's a whole bunch of things going on. I'm a little bit leery about doing this on my smartphone right now, mostly because I doesn't need it. Right, I think the one that's installed is good enough. I know that at some point or another, it is going to get the way the uh, the Note Two, or sorry, the Fold Two did, and I want to be able to replace it. And I'm I'm comfortable with the fact that Whitestone decided to actually jump into this because they're they're a company that I've actually trusted for quite some time to protect my devices. Uh, their glass is nice; it's easy to install, very simple to, to set up, and replacing them are also nice because you can actually just buy the replacement for it, not the whole kit. So it is something that is nice. I've seen it. It does look nice, um, although I do need to think about it a little bit more before uh, jumping in on it with uh, both the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3. Um, one of the other reasons I'm also kind of a little bit hesitant on it is I'm still within that first week, and I want to kind of make a decision on which one do I want to keep. Right now, I'm not going to lie, I'm leaning more towards the Z Fold 3, not because the Z Flip is not a great phone and, and it does great work. Um, but it's actually mostly about function. There are certain things in here, just um, certain basic things that I'm expecting that are not in there. So maybe it'll be a good good time for us to kind of switch over to that. Um, I always put glass on my phones, uh, but not sure what uh, what to do with the uh, with the fold. Uh, so Marilyn is in the same position. So for me right now, I would say Marilyn is since the device stays closed ninety percent of the time there's a smaller chance for you to be holding the phone in open experience and then for it to drop and for that land on a display. So where the display is fully open on the ground, that's something that is not likely as much. You're more than likely to drop the phone. And because this is very, uh, the magnets on this thing, or actually the hinge mechanism is so strong, it doesn't open. It doesn't flail. Or it doesn't go anywhere. So glass protector from Whitestone on the external, uh, covering the glass um, on the front and the camera modules on the back. I think those will be a much better solution. And of course, augmenting that with any kind of case protection with some decent uh, corner uh, protection, I think should be able to give you uh, at least the peace of mind that you want. Uh, but that's that's pretty much how I'm going to approach it as well. Um, I want to see... Okay, hold on. So I think uh, ER1980 is mentioning, I'd suggest to come uh, and, and join us on the existing uh, stream directly uh, by, by our TK Bay. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. It, we have it running both on on uh, on Twitch as well as on uh, on YouTube, mostly because I want to kind of uh, kind of incorporate both. I haven't done a lot of work on the on the stream over on Twitch, but I do. I'm hoping I'll be able to kind of start live streaming some games on them, uh, just to kind of kind of rank up on uh, on Call of Duty as well. Uh, oh, sorry, I think I hit the no. That was the same comment. Uh, so Lon is here. Uh, just a quick question here. So um, I hear some of uh, some of that. 
but you, okay, but you do have the options. Buy a phone with a headphone jack, basically IR blaster, earbuds, uh, charger, whatever you want. Samsung sell phones with uh, with most of these features. Um, well, okay, so let's maybe let's look at the list that you gave me. Okay, right. So as far as smartphones with with headphone jacks, yes, Samsung still does have some phones that includes headphone jacks. They're not on the they're not on their S series. They're not on their Note series. It's more around the, the lower the mid range devices. Um, IR blaster that used to be a big feature for Samsung, but in the U.S. we no longer have those options. They no longer sell smartphones that include that. Uh, again, in those series that I was referring to. Um, I think Xiaomi does a much better job to include the IR blaster. Uh, I think this is something that we kind of, I think when you have it in your on your phone, you appreciate it more because it's something that just creates convenience. And I think Xiaomi for some for for some reason or another has always been a champion of having a built-in remote control. Um, earbuds, chargers, and so on. Having the ability of doing it at the a la carte experience, meaning you buy the phone and then you buy the accessories that you want for it, has always been the solution. But I feel like adding another accessory to that list of accessories that you just spent, and I mean by, if you buy a phone, it's like a thousand bucks, about eleven hundred dollars or so after tax. Then you want to pay thirty bucks for the charger, and let's say though you want to get the buds, uh, the new wireless buds too. Uh, those are about a hundred and hundred and something dollars, so that's another hundred and fifty dollars after tax. Um, add to that all the accessories that you want to buy. That one purchase now is so much. The Fold, when it was first released at its most expensive price, which was close to the $2,000 price point, not only included the charger, included a pair of buds, the original buds that came out at the time. So the Galaxy buds were included. So all I'm saying is it's, it's the um, as time goes on, we're not getting more. We're getting somewhat of an experience where we're making a decision to buy the accessories that we want, but it is still somewhat costing us about the same as it was before. It just It's that, you know... Um, when you buy an airline ticket and it is so cheap, but you can't pick your seat to get in there and find out exactly where you're going to sit. So you don't end up sitting in between two, you know, tall, big guys. Uh, you, you don't want to be in that experience and it just makes for a very uncomfortable experience, but you did get the phone cheaper. So maybe that's the thing. So I, I'm not playing the game there. I'm trying to approach it from the sense of um, you need to, as a company, treat your consumers or treat your customers with a certain aspect so that they feel that they're getting a value from you. The consumer or anybody that buys something, if you don't feel like you're getting a value out of it, you're not going to get back, come back and buy another one from it. Uh, and, I, and I'm really honest with the fact that Android has a very different ecosystem approach than Apple does. And what I don't think Samsung realizes this is somebody switching from, from Samsung over to a, a Motorola, over to a OnePlus, to an Oppo, to a Xiaomi is a lot easier than it is for somebody moving over from Android to iOS or from iOS to Android, because there is a much bigger ecosystem to uh, jolt in there. But if shifting from a Xiaomi to over to a OnePlus to a, uh, to a Samsung or whatever, it literally may take you, uh, you know, you're able to bring in 90% of your applications with you. The messaging app may be a little bit different. The dialer app may be a little bit different. But for the most part, you're getting everything pretty much in the same aspect. All apps that worked on that other Android will work on this Android. And I don't think Samsung understands that. I think they approach it as if they have the iPhone experience on Android, and they don't. They're one manufacturer that is no longer the number one in the world. Xiaomi over, overtook them. And I think this is something to keep in mind. I think they need to go back to the Samsung days where they're trying to wow us, improve uh, everything, impress us, give us all of those things that we've always wanted. And that's the Samsung that I fell in love with, and I want them to come back. So that's really where I'm coming from. It's really a, uh, from a sense of appreciation to what I've done, but I also want them to keep paving the way forward, and we want to see more things from them. 
Uh, the other thing I, I did want to talk to you guys about the fact is, um, you know, this is not a Wear OS or Android Wear watch. I, I don't know why. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. It runs it natively, but the fact of the matter is Samsung made this into a Tizen watch. It runs on Tizen. You don't even need to use the Android Wear app to set the watch up. That's how much this is a Tizen experience and not an Android Wear experience. So you want to keep that in mind. Samsung is treating their experience as a Samsung experience. So you need to appreciate that experience and move from there. But I, I think we should get more things in there. Uh, Joe, yeah, for sure. Uh, Xiaomi in the US, I, I, I mean, at least for me, my exposure to Xiaomi devices in 2020 to 2021, obviously prior to those, prior to that time, we haven't seen a lot more Xiaomi with my, my company or my channel. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've come to appreciate them. Uh, this year, this year alone, the amount of Mi 11s or the Mi 11 series is crazy. And, and, and the year is not even over yet. So I'm anticipating. So as you guys probably know, there's an, uh, I think there's a launch event coming up in the middle of September or so. They're going to be announcing it with more devices. There's some rumors that are going to be another Mi 11, uh, coming out. So to me, it's, that's the stuff I want to see Samsung go back to doing that type of things. I don't want this where we remove things and we're not giving you more. And the fact, I mean, honestly, the camera system on the Fold 3 and the Flip 3 should have been much better. I don't mind it as much on the Flip 3. I minded more on the Fold 3 because, again, I, I just want it to be the best of the best that it can be and have that folding technology. Charge me the $200 extra and give me a better camera system. Give me the cameras on the S21 Ultra on this. And then this becomes an even better story, an even bigger story that we can talk about uh, and of what is the best of the best that Samsung can do. So that that's one thing to keep there. Uh, let me jump here. Okay, so Todd, let's jump in with Todd. Um, I'd love it. I'd love it if they figured out how to have uh, such a crease um, on the screen for all uh, for all phones. Until then, until then, uh, I'll stick with my 12 Pro Max. The crease is a big issue with it when it comes specifically to these type of devices. Um, and these are bending phones, folding phones, what they're referring to. And that's because the actual display doesn't actually fold on its on its own, right? It has still has that kind of like a curvature sitting at the corner, uh, similar to the way we have it on the Z Flip, similar, similar to what we see it also on the, uh, the Razer. The only one that hasn't had that much of an issue when it comes down to that are the smartphones that have the folding or the not folding, the rolling experience. So the Oppo X 2021 is one of them. Um, the TCL, uh, the TCL one that was also announced, but I haven't seen that. There's, it, I think it was more of a concept phone at the time, and it's still, they're still talking about it as if it's a concept. Um, and of course, LG was going to release one, which we saw a teaser for that in twenty, uh, in um, I think was it, a CES twenty twenty one. Those don't have as much of a crease, and I think we're going to start seeing more devices going that route. Unfortunately, I'll say this: as long as this form factor is the form factor that Samsung goes with, or any other company, uh, I think um, Huawei decided to go with them as well. They they shifted their approach from the external display to the internal with a display, but they also fixed the camera situation. Uh, we're always going to have a crease. There's not much we could do about it. Uh, I do promise this much: after using it for at least about ten minutes or so, your eyes automatically normalize the experience, and you don't experience it. You don't see it anymore. And that was true of the Fold 2, um, and as much as it was uh, true with the original Fold, and even with the Z Flip. Uh, it's more about what you're doing, what, you're, what your eyes and what your attention is pulled through. Initial impressions, when you're holding it, obviously, yes, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, well, I can see the screen here. So you can kind of see it right there. Let me just put the phone in front of you. So you can kind of see it. That's where the crease is. There's no question. And even if I make the phone fully extended, 
you're still going to see the crease. And I do apologize for the finger here. You're bring, and you can see it. It's right there. And now if I turn on the display, it's no longer there. And so it, it truly is more about a perception. The technology is how it is, and it's not going to change. But I think if, if, if you're on the fence based on the fact that it has that crease, trust me when I say this, you're not going to notice it. That's the biggest thing. And specifically since you're going to be looking at it in more of an angle where it's not intended to show. Uh, but I, but again, I do understand and I appreciate the fact that that is something that at least you're considering. Um, the low, <laughs> I low-key feel kind of sad for Huawei. To a certain point, yes. Um, what we have in 2021, or at least in this time, uh, in, in the current time, what we have is a very different story to what what Huawei was uh, a few years ago when they were where they were releasing devices officially with AT&T in the US where they were essentially the number one basically gunning for number one Android manufacturer in the world and they were pushing the technology when it comes down to tech i mean the reality is having multiple sensors on the back is a very much big push of what Huawei was doing back in the day uh, charging and reverse wireless charging were introduced on the uh, on the Huawei Mate 20 this is something the reverse wireless charging sorry reverse wireless charging was introduced there and right now i mean seriously reverse wireless charging reverse wireless charging on OnePlus uh, we're seeing it on other devices and other companies it is something that i we really we're we're enjoying the fruits of their labor right now but we're starting to hit that certain limitation of where do we go further from here? Uh, I think Sony's approach was nice to be able to see in that little more um, articulating dual focus or dual aperture, uh, you know, lens and, and the system they have for their telephoto camera. But we'll have to see basically what other companies do. And I, I do miss I do miss the innovation that Huawei did bring us. Um, uh, so insane is uh, TK. Uh, my brother's one. But my brother, my brother, one uh, friend filed. Uh, I'm sorry, basically, he filled in a 512 gigabyte storage phone fully with photos and movies, and he also filled his PCs one terabyte fully. So obviously, what he's doing is he's using his his smartphone for to its fullest extent. I would also be wondering is what format he's recording his content with, because there's a good chance if he's doing 4K 60 or even using his 8K, depending on the device that he's using. Um, I think to a certain point. The level of, again, storage should be available in multiple options to pick for whatever you need. Now, if he's filling things up all the way up to the 512 gigs of internal storage, I'm going to start recommending using some type of external drive that you can use. Um, and this is something that I, I I still use to this day. And I bought and I started buying these a long, long time ago. Uh, it's made by a company called Minova. I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, but essentially, it's a little drive. Let me see if I can get this to focus for you guys. It's a USB-C drive. So let's go ahead here. It's a USB-C drive that has a micro USB uh, adapter into it that allows you to actually have external storage to back up content off of it. And it hooks to your keys. You can put it somewhere. You can do everything you want to do with it. And it's very nice to be able to augment that uh, that's the storage capacity. Um, also, sometimes when you're shooting so much content, if you start basically moving from one project to another, you can back up some of that content off the phone. Uh, keeping your storage full of uh, up to 512 to the max of what it al allows you to use does end up slowing your smartphone. So for a good tip for your brother, I do recommend him backing up some of his content, especially the larger files, things that maybe he doesn't access all the time. And he can access every once in a while on his PC. At least on his PC, he can add storage. There's not an issue there. It's more about obviously on the on the smartphone where he has no, no other options at this point. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Uh, 
um i think the gunter hopefully i'm saying that correctly thank you man uh, appreciated love from uh, love from the us man always always appreciated thank you for checking out the show uh the show sorry uh ta -ta -ta. Uh, honor seems oh here um honor seems very much part of what of Huawei still to me i think to a certain point the the separation is still too fresh for us to start seeing a very distinguished a very standalone brand uh from honor the two devices that they launched since the actual separate official separation was the honor 50 but still chinese only and then we saw the magic 3 that was announced and i think we're starting to see some some creators have access to them i think mostly in the middle east for me i've noticed the middle east started getting their hands on them um it, to a certain point yeah it's it's still very hard for us to kind of see that story where they're standing all all by themselves there's still some conversation needs to happen there in in theory most of the devices that were announced or not announced launched under uh, the when they were part of uh, the huawei experience are still being supported and maintained under the huawei experience so to a certain point yes they're still working together uh, but I don't know if they're going to be focusing on uh, the future experiences because uh, GMS is coming back to honor devices, which is a really good thing, especially with the Magic 3. Uh, and then, of course, we're starting to see 5G connectivity with the 888 as opposed to where Huawei can only show uh, 888 with 4G LTE. There's still that limitation with uh, what we saw with the P50. So we'll, we'll have to see. The story is still fresh, but I, yes, I can definitely understand why. To a some to a certain extent, it still seems like they're maybe still in the same, uh, still working together. I think to a certain point, it it's not going to be a super separation because they have such a legacy of a library of devices that are still technically maintained. They're still running the Kirin processor. They're still running, uh, you know, um, I, I think some of them are even running uh, new Harmony OS that the Huawei released. So there are certain things that you have to keep in mind. They're all still under honor. Uh... Yes, no, absolutely, Steve. I, I'm with you. Uh, they, they are very big. Like I said, the biggest push that we saw with technology with Huawei devices was in the camera department. That was the biggest thing. Hmm. I think I jumped a few comments. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, Marilyn still has her old May 20X. It is a great phone. There's no question. It's one of the bigger phones option uh, available. And I think Huawei stopped making the big one. Even Honor stopped it. Speaking of Honor and Huawei. Uh, that, so Honor used to make a Note series that was pretty much that. It was a massive display smartphone uh, that was intended to basically almost make it feel like it's a tablet in your hand. Um, and I do miss all of those uh, options as well. Uh, let me see here. Uh, isn't Honor also com uh, committing themselves to Huawei's new Android fork? Uh, so... I think that comment is what I was trying to refer to. I think some of their ecosystem or some of their devices are still technically in there. Uh, the the new build of Harmony OS and the way Harmony was intentioned, in, initially sold as the alternative and then later on discovered that it is essentially a, built on Android, um, it, at least in the current format, yes, to a certain point, we're still going to see that. I think this is, again, some Honor devices are supported. So they can't really separate entirely and just say that they're going to go straight Google. Um, to a certain point, there is a possibility that I think companies, at least the, in the Asian market, would feel more comfortable having a third option as opposed to just either iOS or Android as a system for them to be able to build. And I mean Android meaning the way we have it from, from Google at this point. Um, 
So they're always going to be an appeal for that. I don't know if it's ever going to pick up in the same way, uh, specifically in the uh, international market in the Western world, like, you know, U.S., uh, uh, basically United States, Canada, uh, you know, European countries, Middle East. There's a big demand and big um, reliance on Google and Google Play services, not only because of pricing and availability, because there's so many devices that use them, but it also is just basically an ecosystem that they've lived in and they've worked for some time. And having something like Harmony OS pick up on that is still a ways away. I think uh, Huawei has a long way to go, and I think Honor will also have a long way to go. But they're for, they're they're definitely separating, at least in the aspect of when it comes down to, uh, like I said, the Magic Three and uh, I don't know about the Honor Fifty. Once they announce that if there is going to be a global edition, we'll have to see how that goes. We'll, we'll see there. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Aditya uh, Geek and Asim always yes. There's one point seven, the, and it's really, really, really hard to not to meet one, especially in the EU. Oh, dude, no, I, um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it, it is. It, we are definitely a much more international, culturally international world, uh, regardless of where you are, be it Indian, Arabic, uh, Spanish, American, um, you know, uh, European. The, the cultures mix so much, and specifically, at least for me, where I live in the U.S. Uh, in, in California, we have such a massive mix of culture, uh, and you do have that different experience. Europe is also very big, uh, and, I, and I can say that I've had some of my best Indian food in the UK, actually, than even in the US. So again, depends on where you are, you're going to get different experiences, uh, and it is just a beautiful way that we can literally taste the, the food from around the world without having to go too far. I, I appreciate that much. Um, Joe uh tk a bit of fun if you could merge two oems to create a superpower who would you at who, who would you pick ah if i would merge two oems uh you know what and it's just gonna sound weird i, I would merge sony and and, and google I, I would want both um i would want google's image processing married to sony optics on a smartphone and sony and obviously headphone jack experience uh, the HS power control functionality, the Android updates that we get typically from Google on, a, on an Xperia, getting all of those features, all of the latest bells and whistles, the latest version of Android on them. Uh, I think that would be the ideal, like for me, if I had to kind of, uh, um, I guess the, the Sony Pixel uh, or the Pixel Sony or something like that, so it, that would be ideally the two biggest OEMs that I'd love them to sit together across from each other from the table and talk about building the best uh camera experience when it comes down to software experience and camera experience on the smartphone. So hopefully something like that. Um, uh, Greg, oh, dude, hopefully, dude, take it easy. It, it is the weekend. Hope you're able to kind of uh, uh, have some time to kind of relax. Uh, and Geeky Nassim is saying, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, for, for the most part, yeah, that that uh, the Geeky, um, sorry, the Realme GT uh, giveaway was seriously one of the biggest giveaways we've ever done on the channel. And we just recently finally got the device uh, shipped out to everybody officially because there were some issues with a few a few of the winners. But we finally got everybody their devices and everybody was finally able to check it out. And uh, Geeky Nassim was one of the guys that won it. Lucky you. And of course, uh, enjoying his smartphone. And of course, it is just so nice. Um, I, I want to say, though, hold on. I did. There was one more phone that did show up and I didn't get a chance to do a video on. And that's the Realme. This is the GT Explorer edition, not the Master Explorer edition. So this is the one that ran the 778. And I didn't get a chance to to do a video, a full like a full coverage video on it. Uh, but I am probably going to be pushing out a uh, like a short tomorrow talking about the PC Connect. 
truly a very nice feature to see on a real device. So looks really nice, very nice, and also has that nice little transcode. You can see the colored shifts depending on where you're holding it. Like you can almost get a little bit of purple right there. Um, fingerprint magnet, like it's going out of style, but it looks nice. So hopefully we'll do a video on that one next week for you guys. Um, but I do, so I know we're getting around the 120. Um, I don't want to go too long, but I do want to kind of answer the initial conversation around this. If you're looking for a smartphone, and I'm talking specifically between the Fold, the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3 in 2021, based on Samsung's unpacked event and my experience of using them for the last couple of days. And I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, be, be little, obviously, there's obviously more time needed to truly make it a better decision. But I've used foldables in both the Flip and the Fold, and I've used Samsung devices for quite some time. So that's really where I'm coming, out, coming in from. Um, the Fold is really intended to be a powerhouse smartphone. It, it it lacks a certain aspect, but I think that kind of carries between both the Fold 3 and the Flip 3. The camera experience is okay. It's not going to be something that blows you out of the water. Just expect that. Uh, it's going to take decent pictures and good, and good lighting. Low light is going to be an issue for both of these smartphones. Uh, the back cameras on both of these smartphones are going to be the best cameras you're going to be able to use. Now, on the Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3, both give you the option of being able to use external displays to augment your experience. The one thing that I would probably say that would weigh, would weigh for me from one side to the other is that the Z Fold 3 now has an S Pen. This is a feature that we haven't had on a foldable before to date. So this is a kind of like a big movement. No other OEM that offers a foldable has that. So if you want that function, you want to be able to use an S Pen on your display. And I'm talking only on the internal display. And that is something that we have. Let's go ahead and bring it in. Is something that is only doable with this S Pen that has a retractable tip. This tip actually pushes back. So as you're pushing on the display, it doesn't pushes in all the way. It actually retracts. Uh, so that's one big factor for it. If you want S Pen support, if you want to have a larger display, technically two separate displays to a certain experience. Um, and of course, if you want to have that ability of just having um, just DeX, DeX is a big factor. I feel like a lot of people don't notice or don't even pay uh, too much attention to it because you feel like you don't use it. Wireless DeX is great for sharing pictures, but I feel like wireless projection, just mirroring your display over Chromecast is a much better experience. If you're just trying to share pictures, having DeX on a display and having to fumble your, your finger on the, on the touchpad to move your cursor to open things and do things, I feel like it's much easier to just mirror your display and throw images and show people pictures on your display. It's much more fluid, it's more intuitive, and it works much better. Uh, the flip doesn't have any of those things. IP rating on both of them are really good. So the short answer, what I'm trying to say is this. If you pre-ordered your note, uh, your fold, and you got like to say $900 credit, the fold can be reasonably brought down to a reasonable expense. But the fact is obviously you're trading in an expensive phone as well. But what I'm trying to shoot for is the fold is more of a powerhouse. The flip, although a great smartphone, I feel like it's more for showing and more for content consumption, not a lot for content creation. Uh, the 888 and the battery that we have in there are definitely very power hungry. Um, sorry, the, the 5G connectivity are both power hungry devices or technologies. So if you do have the Flip 3 and you find that the battery is drying or don't going out pretty fast, my recommendation would be is to turn off 5G in the modem and just have it stick to 4G LTE. Trust me, if you're not using it for uploading content to the internet, like videos or anything that is massive, the difference in experience is not going to be that great because unless you're on UW, unless you're on the ultra wideband version of a smartphone that features the ability of downloading, you know, thousands of gigabits a, a minute. So what I'm trying to say is the speed difference between 4G LTE and sub six 5G right now is still 
within range. You can easily get 200 and something down on 4G LTE if you're close enough to the uh, to the antenna. It's not impossible to get it on a device like this. And these are featuring the latest and greatest 888 with the built-in uh, modem in there. So you're not getting older technology. You're just relying on the best of what 4G LTE has to offer. Um, so the decision really can be made very simply. Pick the device that works for you and that offers you all the functionality. If you want to be more of a multitasker, producing content, signing documents, running a business, doing things with it, and you need that form factor, that bigger display that can give you that fee, uh, that, that work when you're on the go, I think the Fold 3 does that job very nicely. Uh, there are some caveats, but it definitely does a decent job there. Uh, the Z Flip for me is more of a statement type of a phone. It looks great. It functions great. It feeds heavily on my Motorola Razr, um, basically nostalgia factor for having a clamshell phone. It works the way it does. It has a built-in kickstand that you can use it. Obviously, you can use the back cameras. And I feel like this is always going to be the best experience, double pressing it here, using the camera, and just jumping in and using the ultra-wide lens on this. So you can see here, this is the ultra-wide. And then, of course, you can jump back to the standard focal length. And of course, jumping into video, uh, they're getting better at adding widgets, more functionality to the external display. Um, that would be one of the reasons why I would go there. But otherwise, I would just pick, for me, at least right now, the Fold 3 is still still the device that I would go. Even though it's a much bigger phone and a small, slightly battery, it still gives me more of the flexibility that I feel like is the small the phone that I would want to go with uh, if I had to make a decision between one of the two. And I could only get one. Um, let me see here. I think there's a few more things going on. The Pixel Xperia 1. Oh my God! Yes, Joe, you got it. You nailed it there. The Pixel Xperia One would be a smartphone for me, uh, mostly because it features again the best of both worlds when it comes down to it. Cameras on a smartphone have uh, a big factor into what the smartphone can do. But at the end of the day, if you really kind of think about it, it has as much. There's a lot of focus that needs to be put on pre post processing and the way the optics perform. And again, those two companies can definitely benefit from each other. I'm not saying that either one are doing a bad job right now. I'm saying that if there was ever a marriage that I would love to see between two OEMs, those will be the two. And is this one on? Yes, it is. I just realized, okay, sorry. It's when you have a smartphone that that is still getting notifications from six, six months ago and you haven't turned them off. But uh, this is the Z Fold 2, which I need to clean up and package and return uh, to Samsung. I did trade that into the Z Fold 3. Uh, I do have to say, I appreciate the fact that the phone is a little bit thinner, the mechanism, and obviously the gr the speaker grills are smaller. The sound on them sound really good. And they, you know, there's a lot of little things that I notice, but had I, let's just say this, if I was purely not doing videos on the Z Fold 3, I think I could have gone for another year for the Z Fold 2 without any problems. I think there wasn't really that much of an improvement for me to, ca to cause it for me to be a, a necessary purchase. The Z Fold 1 to the Z Fold 3, absolutely. Night and day, I think if you're still rocking a Z Fold from the original series, this is definitely the one to go with. And I think you're going to definitely enjoy it. As Same thing with the Z Flip 3. No problem at all. Sorry. Uh, let me see here. I think I may, I'm hoping I'm not missing too much. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> oh, Aditya, hold on, hold on, hold on. Aditya nailed that one. The Xperia V70 MK1. Yes. Um, so I, I didn't mention LG in my conversation, not because I didn't, uh, I didn't think LG was a, was a good choice. It was more about what was the two OEMs that are obviously moving forward with making devices. But yes, uh, an Xperia V70 Mach 1 would definitely, 
uh, not only sound like a badass name for a car, but that, yeah, of course, uh, I, I would love to be able to check out something to see what is, what 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 can Sony bring to the conversation into an LG device, and and vice versa. What can LG do for Sony? Uh, both are very big, very big companies when it comes down to hardware. Their hardware experience is so on point. It is so next generation when you're looking for things in the in a smartphone. The V60 to this day, a year and a half later, still holds up as a very smart, very good smartphone for anybody to carry, and it literally is available for almost like 400 bucks, less than 400, uh, brand new. Uh, and 350 or less than that if you buy it renewed, which is, again, still a very good deal. Uh, and that one will shoot 4K60 on any of the lenses it has. There's a big difference that a lot of us don't notice that it's still there. Um, I think uh, Rajun's asking, which Samsung series do you like the most? I think for me, the series that I love the most uh, that I... So in all of my usage of Samsung devices, I've used their A series, their S series, the Note series, and then, of course, now the Z series, because that's the general format uh, of their function. Um, I've I've enjoyed using the S series the most, not because that they're most popular, but it is mostly in, to the to up to last year they've always been the series that provided us with the new features, the new functions. Essentially, what you get on an A series today was a brand new feature on an S series about maybe a year or two years ago. So that's the way I look at it. So I'm excited to see what the S series offers us because in the near future, that feature, that brand new, you know, let's say the the telescopic lens, the dual lenses having or dual telephoto lenses could potentially be a feature on an A series in a couple of years. So the future for A series is always going to be very high. They're going to sell a lot more of A series than they sell at the S series. But the S series is the one that holds it for me. Now, again, mostly because of where it is. Starts us off with the year, generally starts off with the latest SOC, also with the latest bells and whistles. And for the rest of the year, Samsung, Samsung typically kind of runs with more of a, a catch-up situation lately. We haven't seen this powerhouse of a note to come out, no longer. Uh, and this year, we didn't even have a note. So it kind of continues the story. The S sets the mood. And to this day, I still think the S21 Ultra is the best smartphone that Samsung uh, released in 2021. And they're not going to release something better than that. Uh, next year with the S22, maybe with the next generation of SOCs from Qualcomm or you know or Exynos, we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, that, that would be where I am for uh, mostly where that is. Um... <laughs> okay, Steve. Okay, I, I need to kind of catch up. Hold on a second. Uh, the oh yeah 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 the active series okay I thought I thought Steve was talking about throwing the fold in the pool, um I, I know there's I know Juan was was jokingly yesterday saying that like, TK you you should just do go back to doing those pool videos, um we haven't done a lot of pool videos you know the situation kind of limited us to a certain point and for the most part I haven't had a chance to actually um, entice my son I need to kind of entice him and and uh, offer him some stuff to be able to kind of get him to help me out uh, as you can imagine he's no longer a, a younger kid he's older he has things to do he has friends um yeah <laughs> I'm slowly but surely becoming second uh, second class citizen to a certain extent but we'll have to see how that goes uh we'll, we'll have to figure out some things in there I think those are uh, the note series by far was the biggest surprise for me in the pool because not only did it work, but the S pen worked underwater. That was the biggest thing because of the, the Wacom display that they had. Um, the, the digitizer actually recognizes the S pen, although you couldn't use Bluetooth to trigger, you could definitely use the S pen on the, on the display, which was really nice. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And according to Juan yesterday, he, he would have no problem representing him. And I was like, that is such a bad deal for me. <laughs> It's a bad deal for me. No, uh, I always want to make sure um, 
I, I do want to make sure that, too, that he feels comfortable and appreciative of, of what is the benefit there. But uh, I think hopefully with the next phone that kind of comes out, that is something that we I feel like would be a good note. Uh, note wasn't going to happen, but essentially, you know, to do a video with it. I, I don't feel comfortable doing it with the Z Fold and the Z Flip, uh, not because of um, uh, the function or whatever, and or even if I don't damage it. I don't want to have people tr think that this is something you should do and go swimming with these type of devices. They are not 100%, you know, the, the IP rating that we have in there obviously is intended when the phone is perfectly um, intact as if it just came out of the box with no dings and never been dropped. There's no compromising uh, elements to the structure in there. There's a lot of factors that I think a lot of people forget that an IP rating is only as good as the, uh, the structural integrity or integrity of your phone. If you've ever dropped your phone and there's a crack on the display or a crack on the glass, that IP rating just went out the door. That, that little crack is a weak point in the structure. Basically, it's looking at it as the weak link uh, in the entire chain of events that are going on. So taking that phone or having it go in the water is not protecting it uh, or doing it the right, uh, you're doing it justice, basically. That would say the best way to say it. Um, Oh, okay. So, um, Luca, can you be a little bit more specific if you're referring to the new, the rumors about the new Exynos coming out next year, or are you talking about the existing Exynos that's been out uh, with uh, the current generation of uh, Qualcomm chipset for the 888? Hopefully, you can help me out with that one. Uh, <laughs> hold on, jump back. DTS, is jumping. Of course, uh, talking to Omar about his comfort level uh, about <laughs> appearing in, on camera is definitely a progressive move. Uh, you're you're definitely yeah. Because at the end of the day, look, um, these videos, all of the swimming pool videos are for the for all intents and purposes, it was literally intended to capture a fun moment with uh, my son and I playing at the pool. Omar loves swimming and we have uh, access to a pool that has been amazing. And for me, this is something that I always generationally love to do. So all we do, literally, this is why all of my pool videos, if you look at them, they're all about him doing things in the pool and jumping and flipping and we're, you know, dunking and all of that stuff. That was the intention of it. And right now he's getting to that point where I feel like he's more likely to go to the pool to hang out with his friends than it is for who to go to the pool and hang out with his dad. Uh, so it's one of those things that I feel like at some point or another, maybe we can do a collaboration and it's actually going to be a collaboration between him, uh, my, he and myself. Um, and of course, we'll have to kind of work out uh, some of those things there as well. So it'll be one of those things I feel like we need to see uh, how, how that works. And I just need to find the right phone for it uh, right now. Again, the foldables is something that I just don't feel very comfortable with that at this point. Uh, but with that being said, before we kind of go through and start recapping some stuff, it is it is that about that time of the uh, the show at about an hour and a half. Uh, if you guys go ahead and drop down, uh, drop some comments, uh, you know, regarding the you know hashtag TK Bay so on. Um, it's a way for us if you guys are new to the channel, haven't seen it or haven't noticed it. Uh, it's something that we like to do at about an hour and a half, which kind of just highlights and does a nice little visual effect that will kind of go through and thank everybody. Uh, but as that go as that as that is going on in the chat, um, <laughs> I love it. I'll do this. Um, Samsung released a lot, and I think there's a lot of more conversations that need to happen uh, as far as the true function and the true purpose of the Volt the Fold Three and the Z Flip Three. There is no doubt that both these devices are the best that Samsung has to offer, and there's a lot of new improvements done on both of them. But justifying the function for which one is the right one for you, I think that conversation still needs to go. Um, I think it also the other thing that we've talked about at least in the beginning of the conversation is um, I don't think I'm going to be bothered as much anymore with not having a charger in the box. And I think it's mostly because 
um, I'm realizing that there's not much that I think we're going to be able to change. At the the time to change this approach was back when Apple removed their charger in the box, and that's where was the time to make the impact. Because if that's when when people, what companies got the uh, the response saying, "Oh wait, our sales are dipping. People are not happy. We're starting to see a lot more complaints." Then the story would have changed. But once we saw Apple, once we saw Google, when we saw uh, Samsung, and then we're seeing other companies start jumping on the same bandwagon. It's a, it's a story that's going to be, seems like it's going to be kind of coming up. So the solution is for us to pick up the right things for us. You can pick up something like this. Like I said, the Pegan small, uh, the Spigen one, uh, the gang charger, $29 with 25% off, like close to about 23 bucks now on Amazon. Um, and it, and they only, not only that, they feature the wireless chargers and so on. And you know that these are going to work with any device that you get that supports the technology. Uh, this one has 45 watt and it actually is like seriously way smaller and runs cooler than the Samsung one. And you don't have to spend 50 bucks for the Samsung one. Get it for 23. That's the thing to do. Uh, and there are so many other companies that also does this too. It's not like, it's not just necessarily Spigen, but I feel like Spigen did a, a very good job of mini miniaturizing the charger and making it very portable and multifunctional. I think that's the best way. Uh, so we'll go ahead. With that being said, let me go ahead and share the screen. Actually, we'd, let's see. Let me scroll through. through. Uh, Dominic Juan just kicking it out of the park with that one. So here, share screen, share bubble bum. And we're going to do the, this is, by the way, this is the TKception. If you guys haven't seen this before now, yay. Hey, um, always, always appreciate it. Dominic, thank you very much for hanging out with us. TKception, TKR Bay, TK Loving Dad Bay, uh, TK Foodie Bay. I need to, I need to get back into that as well. Uh, TK Alpha Bay. I did a couple of experiments with the E10, the, the camera that we used last week for the video. Um, and I was hoping to replace my top-down camera experience with that. And I'm trying to see if that kind of becomes a fit for me. I may end up actually changing everything to be fully Sony 2021 style. Uh, I'm still using a handy cam from Sony, but I think at this point I need a little bit better 4K. I want to actually switch my entire production to 4K. I, I think, and my only literally my only element that's not helping me is the handy cam because I don't have video out while I'm recording 4K, and it's been a big um, setback for me. But the E10 seems like it'll fix that problem. Um, feet, <laughs> TK featuring Omar Bay, uh, featuring Omar Bay. I'm looking forward to seeing those videos in the title. It, it's going to end up being a guest uh, guest appearance of Omar. It, seriously, it's going to be that way. ER1980, Ibrahim, thank you very much. TKception, Greg, as always, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, Joe Hickey, <laughs> uh, what uh, what Dom said. <laughs> oh, my God. Family. Hashtag family. Always. Um, I don't know why when I saw your name, Dominic, today, that I felt for some reason I wanted to call you Dom. Like, you know, you're the Dom of the channel right now, right? You know, just walk in there and say hashtag family. You know, we watched the uh, Furious Nine, so I totally am with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Omar B. Duncan, uh, always, always. TKception, uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Of course, Steve DeRoche, uh, Greg, Aditya. Oops, I think, oh, oh, here it is. Yeah, didn't miss that one. Aditya NL, always, as always, thank you very much. Uh, Joe Hickey, uh, as, as, far, as far as I can say, I was, you guys always make, you, you're, you're the reason. Everybody in the chat, everybody on the show watching right now, you're the reason why the Saturday Morning with Tech is where it, what it is and where we are right now and why it still goes on. Saturday mornings for me are seriously had been set and it's been over a year now for us to hang out and for us to chat and for us to kind of talk about some of the cool things going on. Um, and of course, uh, I'll dominate <laughs> the production, the 4K. Yeah, no, uh, the last couple of videos that I did, the hands-on videos for the um, 
the cases for the flip and the fold were all uh, all produced in 4K. And it is very, very nice to be able to just basically work in a 4K environment entirely. I already shoot in 4K, by the way, when I do my videos, not right now, but um, when I shoot my recorded videos, I shoot 4K 60 frames per second on the A7S III. It's just that um, I don't think I'm going to be producing video or 4K 60. I think what I would probably want to do is just get the 4K 30 uh, to work uh, all the way for me to be able to watch and do it without having, obviously, to buy another A7S III. I don't think this is it doesn't need to be that good uh, because it's very much a static experience, but it just needs to be simple the way we have it here. So for sure. Um, thank you very much to Joe, to, to Marilyn, always, as, as always, everybody else hanging out, hanging out with us. Uh, let me go ahead and disconnect it in here. Uh, the the entire like I said the entire intention for me this week was to help bring the conversation about the fold and the flip and move it forward. Um, I think next week we're going to start seeing some more actual uh, impressions and videos and opinions and so on on the phone. Being that we just got the phone, I don't feel like this is something that I can push out a video saying, you know, this is my 24 hour review. I'm like nobody does have a review in the first 24 hours. You need some time. Impressions, initial impressions, right now are are positive. Uh, with certain caveats. And I think those conversations will be definitely had next week. Uh, thank you, everybody here. Um, uh, Golan, actually, I haven't had used Co uh, Cohen headphones before, so I don't know uh, a lot about them. So I, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of inputs into that area. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I missed something. Uh, I did see Joe's comment. Oh, um, here, I think ER was in it. For, I forgot to, forgot to ask, how far away are we from the official release? I think so. He, the 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 timetable for for Google has been kind of messed up a little bit. The initial release was supposed to happen after three generations of updates or three beta updates, and we were going to jump over to it. And they just pushed out a point build to fix some issues in there. So the goal hopefully is within September. I think we were we are weeks away from the official announcement of Android 12 and its for in its fullest capabilities. The current version that we have right now that it runs again on my Pixel 4a is absolutely perfect. There's literally very little issues that they couldn't fix within a uh, basically a couple of weeks of squishing bugs and finalizing the point build that they released was because some people were having some blue loops so hopefully we'll we'll see some comments we'll see some conversations from google very very soon uh thank you very much as always thank you to dt of course for moderating and helping us with the channel stay safe be safe hydrate as well uh we didn't finish the bottle today but we definitely did very very nicely uh and uh Sorry, uh, which cameras are you using? Okay, so here, real quick, last question. Um, A7S III on the primary camera that's going to be running here. And of course, uh, on my top hand is a 4K Handycam Sony. So it's Sony everything already. I don't, I'm already on Sony uh, cameras all over the place. It's just this Handycam has been my Handycam for the last seven years. Uh, I've dropped it, I fixed it, it still runs and it does great. It shoots 4K. It just, the technology that it does, or I think the processor that it has is not strong enough to push out a feed so that I can have a monitor the way I actually have it right now, as well as record 4K at the same time. So that was my, my main limitation. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Uh, if it is evening for you guys, hopefully you guys have a great Sunday before you go back to your normal daily activities on Monday. Uh, be safe, stay safe. Uh, I'll be in the chat on Monday with the SGGQA show with Juan Carlos. So we'll, I'll see you guys. We'll hang out. We'll have, we'll have some fun. Uh, but other than that, um, glad to have you guys on. Thank you very much for the support. And I'll see you next week for another episode for the best of our week, as well as the Saturday morning with tech on Saturday. I'll see you then. Take care, everybody. And thank you very much.